Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Friday. Friday, we made it. Friday, October 22nd. And I uh, hope you had a good week. We uh, we are looking at John chapter 5 today. So we're working our way through the Gospel of John. So uh, if you have your Bible, hope you'll grab it. If you're driving, don't. Just listen. <laughs> um, John chapter 5 is going to be a good one. Um, yeah, here about three weeks through, um, my sabbatical, um, had a good time yesterday, went to, uh, Pastor Stephanie's ordination. That was awesome. Good to see some folks I haven't seen in a few weeks and, uh, celebrate with her and, uh, also see some of the ministers and pastors throughout the state of Florida, um, at that, uh, annual meeting. That was awesome. And uh, had a good time. And, you know, the one of the, I'll be honest with you, best part, uh, minus the ordination ceremony, the second best part, it was a sunny, Sunny's barbecue at the end. I, I mean, I'm just going to keep it real. Um, you know, always wrap it up with Sunny's barbecue. So that was good. You know, that that was uh, that was worth the drive. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're enjoying this uh, journey through the Gospel of John. Um, so good, man. Gospel of John is so good. Like I said, it's, it's a unique perspective. You know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, similar uh, similar perspectives in some ways, uh, similar content for sure. Uh, but John, just a different twist, different angle um, on the life of Jesus. And so just some things that you don't see from the other three Gospels. Just It's rich, man. It's rich. So, Yeah. So, hey, um, you know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. And, oh, by the way, uh, hey, reach out to me. Let me know how this is helping you, encouraging you. If you have any suggestions, make it better, make it shorter. (laughs) Sometimes that's the same thing. Could just make it a little shorter. (laughs) Um, Which, by the way, which on that, I I try to keep it under 30 minutes, like the whole thing. So if you're wondering, like, how long are these podcasts? Generally... I try to keep the podcast in total under 30 minutes. So somewhere between 20 and 30. But um, depends how long I rattle on at the beginning. <laughs> like this. Um, anyway, hey, reach out to me, though. Bible Study Podcast 2020 at gmail.com. Um, I'd love to hear from you. So thanks for all of you that have. And uh, yeah, good to hear from you. Bible Study Podcast 2020 at gmail.com. That's the email address for the podcast. And um as I said, I always love to hear from you guys. Um, yeah, how the Lord's speaking to you, how he's ministering to you. So, all right, let's do it. John chapter 5. Let's go. Let's read. Sometime later, Jesus went up from Jerusalem to uh, for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there, was in, there, were, there were in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. And 
which is surrounded by five color covered colonnades. Uh, they've discovered this archaeologically, by the way. This is uh, they've just north of the temple, and they've discovered it. Verse 3. Uh, here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. So apparently, by the time John is writing this, they're no longer doing this. But during the ministry of Jesus, uh, at least a great number uh, of people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been uh, one who was there had been an invalid for thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked them, "Do you want to get well?" Wow. Now this is, it is an interesting question, right? Like the guy's been uh, invalid for thirty-eight years. He's lying by this uh, this well that is uh, whether actually or superstitiously believed to heal people. Um, he's laying at this well, and Jesus asks a question. Do you want to be made well? And at first you think, man, that's a strange question. Of course he wants to be made well. But you know what? <laughs> Any of us that know human condition, um, some people get very comfortable in their, um, in their ailments. They get comfortable in their dysfunction. Uh, they get comfortable in their misery. <laughs> and so maybe some of you know that people like that, right? It's like, uh, do you really want to be made better? Do you really want a change of life? Do you really want a different life? Because it seems like, because, you know, sometimes people, you, you reinforce the life that you built. You're like, do you really want, because it's going to require some change. It's going to require a change of friends. It's going to require a change of network. It's going to re require a change of routine. Do you really want to be made well? Sir, the invalid replied, verse 7, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred while I am trying to get in. Someone else goes down ahead of me. Now watch, see, already. Look, the man didn't answer the question. <laughs> the, the man has been so used to being a victim that he actually starts speaking in victim terminology, right? Do you want The question was, do you want to be made well? And what does he say? Well, I can't get down into the well water because every time someone always jumps in front of me. That wasn't the question. <laughs> so sometimes you ask people, do you want to be, do you want to be better? Well, it's been really hard for me and I had this and this is rough and, you know, I've just had a rough this and, you know, people don't treat me right. That wasn't the question. Do you want to be made well? Do you want a different, do you want a new life? I don't, you know, no disrespect, but I don't care about your past. Do you want a different future? This isn't about your past. This is about your future. <laughs> You see, that's where the man can't can't get to the future because he keeps talking about the past. Come on, somebody. Maybe there's somebody today, you know, or maybe even in your own life, you keep thinking about the past. And Jesus is saying, do you want to be made well? Do you want your future to look different? And we keep at talking, wanting to talk about the past. And Jesus says, I didn't ask you about the past. I'm asking you about the future. Do you want a different future? Man, that's Jesus. That's what Jesus does. He gives you a different future. Do you want to be made well? Sir, I can't. I have no one to help me. See, he's a victim. Verse 8. Then Jesus said to him, get up. <laughs> get up. Pick up your mat and walk. Jesus is like, I don't have time. I'm not, I'm not going to entertain all that stuff. Pick up your mat and walk. At, at once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. 
Wow, that's awesome, right? That is awesome. That's what Jesus says to us. You know, you're struggling with something. You're got something just keeps tripping you up, or you, you know, you're tired of the patterns of the past. When we're tempted to start rehearsing and replaying the past, Jesus says, "Look, get up and walk. Listen to me. Obey me." What's the lesson for us? You know, out of a, literally, we're not in the situation the invalid was in, but spiritually, we were. Maybe emotionally, it was just saying, "Get up, take up your mat, and walk. Be healed." Listen to me. Obey my words. Follow me. Listen to me. The day on which this took place was the Shabbat. <laughs> See, this happened on Shabbat. <laughs> People laugh at me because that's what I call my Sabbath. I don't, I don't just call it Sabbath. It sounds better if you just call it a Shabbat. <laughs> I'm on Shabbat. The... <laughs> The day on which this took place was Shabbat. It was a Saturday, Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. There were, see, there were extensive rules, extensive rules about what you could do on the Sabbath, uh, particularly around the uh, around the idea of work. You could not work on the Sabbath. And so extensive rules and yokes. Remember, we talked about this before. When Jesus said, my yoke is easy, there was a, a philosophy or a body of teaching around uh, obeying the word of God. And different rabbis had a what was called a yoke, a philosophy, uh, a uh, an idea of teaching, a body of teaching around the law that would um, often uh, was often built to prevent people from breaking the law. So it was sort of a wall around the law, the 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 commandments so that you wouldn't even get close to breaking the commandments. So they, these got, these became very extensive. And so, uh, part of that yoke was, uh, regarding work and very extensive. You couldn't work. You couldn't, you can only walk so many steps away from your home. Uh, that was considered that would, would be, uh, uh, allowed. You certainly couldn't carry anything. Carrying your mat would be, would constitute work. And that means you would be breaking the Sabbath. So a Jewish leader is saying, hey, the, now get this, right? This is so crazy, right? The, the, and so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. It is Shabbat. The law forbids you to carry your mat. <laughs> you can't carry your mat. You can't work. I'm just carrying my, I just got healed. I haven't carried this mat in years, <laughs> ever. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So look, he still got a little bit of that um, victim mentality, right? He's like, well, I, I'm just doing what he told me to do, <laughs> right? Before, before he was at the well, he's like, I, I can't get in the well because everyone jumps under me. And then all they're saying, what are you doing working? You're not supposed to be working. I'm just doing what he told me to do. It's not my fault, right? Before, he wasn't well because it wasn't his fault because he couldn't get in the, in the water when it was stirred. Now it's like he's walking. He's being accused by the Jewish leaders. He's like, it's not my fault. Again, it's not my fault. <laughs> it's that guy. Sometimes it takes a little while for us to get that out of us, right? But the religious leaders, I mean, come on. The guy just got healed. What do you expect? What do you expect him to do? So verse 12, he says, so, so they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick up your, pick it up and walk? How dare him? Verse 13, the man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. 
Wow, that's 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 savage Jesus right there, right? I mean, that's awesome. Jesus goes, heals the man. He doesn't care about, you know, um, working out his theology or anything else right now. He's just like, just he'll figure it out. He'll know who he'll search it out. He'll figure out who did it. He's like, I don't even know who he was. He just told me to just told me to take him on mountain walk, and I did, and here I am. And he slipped into the crowd. Wow. Later, verse 14, later, Jesus found him at the temple and said, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who made him well. Now, see, Jesus is not just talking. Jesus isn't just interested in physical healing. He's also interested in spiritual rightness. What he's done, stop sinning. Stop it. <laughs> just cut it out. I don't know what the man was sinning. I mean, he didn't waste any time, did he? I mean, he gets healed and he goes right to sinning. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, right? He gets he gets he gets healed and he goes just right to sinning. <laughs> Jesus says, Would you stop it? Um, I have no idea what he was doing. Maybe, I don't know. I have no idea. But Jesus said, See, you are well again. Stop sinning. Or something else worse may happen to you. He's saying, well, what's worse? I mean, to be uh, alienated from God for all of eternity is worse than being an invalid. Physically, for sure. So he's like, stop sinning. Maybe that's a word for you today. Hey, stop sinning. <laughs> the man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. He knew, he knew then. Jesus let him know. Hey, no questions now who it was. It's Jesus. So, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. We've said this before, but there will be those people who sometimes who tell you, the Bible never, Jesus never claimed to be God. That's not that's not in the Bible. Jesus never claimed to be God. Oh, yes, he did. All over the place. And right here in John chapter 5, there it is. People say, well, Jesus never, he, just, he was a good guy. He did some wonderful things. He was a great teacher. Jesus never claimed to be God. Yeah, oh, yes, he did. <laughs> oh, yes, he did. All over the Bible, he did. Yes. Jesus allowed people to worship him. That is what only God does. <laughs> or a weirdo. Um, am I right? I mean, if, if, some, if somebody's allowing you to worship them, either they're a weirdo or they are who they claim to be. And Jesus's life is consistent with someone who was not a weirdo, but with someone who was uh, uh, ethically and mor morally pure. And yet he allowed people to worship him. Because why? He was God. And yes, he claimed to be God. And here, John says it quite clearly, making himself equal with God. Why? Because he says, my father's always working. That's why I'm working on the Sabbath. Why? Because my father's always working. Which, by the way, that is what Shabbat is about. It's not simply, see, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about this, you know, because I'm on Sabbath, right? Sabbatical. So thinking about it. Learning a lot, honestly, about the importance of rest and true Sabbath. Um, you know, the... You, you know, um, the one of the main purposes for Sabbath is to 
to disengage and really to reflect on the work of God. It's not just to it's not just to to not it's not just to do nothing. Um, there's some value in doing nothing, but that's not really that's essentially part of the real purpose of Sabbath is to acknowledge and to reflect and to consider and to rejoice in the work of God, that God's at work. You know, Sabbath, when when God created the earth, he started from evening to morning. That's how the days were counted. Evening, morning, the first day. He didn't stay from morning till evening the first day. No, it's evening till morning the first day. And so Sabbath begins in the evening. We often think, oh, our Sabbath, generally as Christians, we think Sunday, Sunday morning. That's the beginning of Sabbath. But that's not how Jewish mind works. That's not even the intent. It starts Saturday night when the sun goes down. Why? Because it's not about when you work, which is generally the daylight hours. It's it's a reminder that while you are sleeping, God is at work. That God is at work at all times. And he sustains, he controls, he's in charge. Man, maybe that's a good word for you today. Remember that you, some of you are listening to this podcast in the morning, all night long, while you were sleeping, while you were dreaming, God was keeping the universe in place. (laughs) And night after night, day after day, God sustains all things. So if he can sustain all things, he can sustain you. He can sustain the situation you're going through. He can sustain you through the trial and adversity you face in life. Maybe the one that you're in right now. Remember that. That's what Sabbath is all about. It's it's a it's to it's to comfort us. It's to remind us. It's to humble us by reminding us that God is in charge. Evening, morning, the first day. So so the. The, the, the Sabbath is from evening to evening, not morning to morning, evening to evening. So the first part of Sabbath is while you're sleeping. <laughs> and so here Jesus is saying, my father is always at work every day. God works. He sustains all things at all times. Verse 19, God is good, man, isn't he? Verse 19, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, this is in red in my Bible. So, you know, this is Jesus speaking, spitting out words. Here we go. Did you know that Jesus talked in red? He does in my Bible. (laughs) Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. Again, he's equating himself with the father. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. So the son knows all the father does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. There's more to come, people. (laughs) This is just the opening act. There's a whole lot more to come. Verse 21, for just as the father raises the dead and gives him life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Did Jesus ever claim to be God? Uh, Yes. He just said right here, the father, God, i.e. God, raises the dead and gives life. And who else can do that? The son, <laughs> i.e. me. And and who can he give to? Whoever he pleases. Wow. He can give life to whomever he pleases. Verse 22, moreover, the father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. 
Whoever does not honor the Son, Jesus, does not honor the Father who sent him. See, judgment of judgment of humanity is now rested, resides in how one responds to Jesus. When he says, when he's talking about judgment comes from the Son, it's what you do with Jesus. Jesus is the judgment. What, what a person does with Jesus, how they respond to Jesus is judgment. If they respond favorably, if they accept him, if they embrace him as the son of God, the father's son, then they will be deemed righteous and approved. If they reject the son, then they are condemned. It's pretty clear. Um, whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. Verse 24, very truly I tell you, Whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged. See, if you hear his words and man, look, we can know today whether or not we're going to be judged. How? By how we have responded to Jesus. If you haven't responded to Jesus yet, respond to him, receive him, accept him. He loves you. The one who believes him who has sent me has, has eternal life and will not be judged. He has crossed over from death to life. Yes, Jesus didn't just didn't, Jesus didn't come to make you a little better. He came to bring you back to life. He didn't just come to make me a little better. He didn't just come to make a 2.0 version of Terry. He came to bring Terry to life from, from the dead. <laughs> Verse 25. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Yes, we can raise our hands to that. I've heard, and I'm alive because of him. Verse 26, for as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to give life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear the voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Wow. Jesus, still speaking, still speaking. That's a long chapter, so I'm just going to keep reading here. Verse 31, if I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There's another who testifies in my favor, and I know that this testimony about me is true. In other words, in you know, uh, truth claims had to be valid by two or three witnesses. So what Jesus is saying is not that I'm not telling the truth, but it's not validated, right? So if I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. It's basically it's not valid because truth claims are uh, validated by two or three witnesses. So here he's going to give the who the other witnesses are. Verse 32, there is another who testifies in my favor. I know that his testimony about me is true. You have seen, you have sent... Uh, you have sent to John, and he has testified testified to the truth. John the Baptist has testified that Jesus is the Messiah. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. I have a testimony weightier than John for the works that the Father has given me to finish. The very works that I am doing testify that the Father has sent me. So what's another witness? John was a witness. Now what? The works of God, the works that he has done, Jesus' works are now also a testimony about who he is. So he's saying, just it's not just my testimony about who I am. I can say who I am all I want. And even though I am God and I'm speaking in red, 
<laughs> I'm just going to take my my claim about myself out for a second. But here you have John who has testified about me. And now we have the, the works, the works that the Father has given me to finish. These are the very works that I'm doing. They testified that the Father has sent me. That's the second witness, verse 37. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. The Father, God himself has testified. So now you have a third witness. You have never heard his voice, nor seen him, nor does the word dwell in you, for you do not believe in the one who sent. Verse this, watch this, he's talking about, now watch this, this is awesome. I love verse 39. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. They are the very scriptures that testify about me. Ooh, you got to underline that. Verse 39, John 5, 39. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. What's the Bible about? Jesus. People that read the whole Bible and miss Jesus have missed the whole point. The whole book is about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's pointing to Jesus. It's revealing Jesus. It's foreshadowing the ministry of Jesus. It, after Jesus comes, it's pointing back to Jesus and uh, revelation and other uh, prophetic apocalyptic literature are pointing towards the end time when Jesus makes all things right. It's all about Jesus. If you read the Bible and miss Jesus, you miss the point. Jesus says right here, all these scriptures. So look at all the witnesses that he's talked about. He says, just take my personal witness out of it. But the uh, John the Baptist has testified about me. The miracles, the works that I do have testified about me. God himself has testified about me. And the very scripture, the word of God, the word of God, the Bible has testified about, testified about me. Verse 41. Verse 40, he says, uh, well, first in the latter part of verse 39 says, these are the very scriptures that, scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I do not accept glory from human beings, but I know you. I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. He's talking about who, what? The religious leaders. You don't have the love of God in your heart. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me, accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe since you, how can... You believe since you accept glory from one another, but do not seek the glory that comes from the only God. Ooh, may we never seek glory other than to glory in the Lord. Don't let's, let us not seek glory from other people. Man, it's so fleeting and futile. Verse 45, but do not think that I will accuse you before the father. Your accuser is Moses <laughs> on whom your hopes are set. What are you saying? The Bible the Bible is accusing the law. Like, don't, I don't have to do it. That was the purpose of the law. The law came to reveal sin, to reveal our, our lack and to point that we needed something more. It pointed to our need for a savior. So what do you say? So what does he says? But do not think I will accuse you before the father. Your accuser is Moses. The thing that you're putting all your hope in actually is accusing you. It's the one on whom your hopes are set. Verse 46. If you believed Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote about me. Did Jesus ever claim to be God? Yes. All over the place. And here again, verse 47. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? Wow. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> verse 39, right? These are the very scriptures that testify about me. That book you hold in your hand, the Bible that you hold in your hand, it's all about Jesus. Now, the Bible is not Jesus. We don't worship the Bible. We worship Jesus, but the Bible reveals to us who Jesus is. Praise God. All right, guys. Well, I told you I tried to keep it under 30 minutes, so we got to get to prayer. 
So that's awesome, though. Chapter 5 is just loaded with good stuff, miracles, teachings, a whole bunch of red letters. So Jesus has a lot to say. You know, it's funny that people talk about, I'm a red-letter Christian. Well, what about John chapter 5? <laughs> yeah, don't forget about John chapter 5 when you talk about red-letter Christian. I know. Some people talk about red-letter Christians. They just talk about all the nice things that Jesus did, which is great. It was in red, look great. But um, don't forget about John chapter 5. That's in red letters, too. And by the way, uh, we, we we read the whole Bible, not just the part in red letters. <laughs> anyway, I digress. I got to pray. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for my friends. May you bless and encourage each and every one of them. Lord, may they have a, a safe and, and great weekend. May they have a Sabbath. May they have moments of rest and reflection on the work of God, on what you're doing and who you are, and that you sustain all things, and that we can rest in you because you are more than sufficient to carry the universe and all that is and carry our lives and our trials and our journey too. Lord, we put our faith and trust completely in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you today. Have a great day. Have a great Friday. Have a great weekend. Thank you guys for subscribing and liking the podcast. That means a whole lot. Thank you for sending me an email. Let me know how you're doing. Bible study podcast 2020 at gmail.com. That is the email address for the podcast. So thanks so much. All right, you guys have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday with John chapter six. We'll do it all again. God bless. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.